Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. How the hell are you guys doing out there? I am Chris Kiefer. Welcome in to the one and only, that's right, the one and only, one of the first podcast about media testing that has been out. Holy crap, it's been seven years. Wow. Welcome in. This is the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by the FXR Racing and the Race Tech. You guys want to do some shopping because guess what? It's almost the holiday season. Holy shit, can you believe that? Almost Christmas. Go to KieferInkTesting.com, click on the Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner, and do some shopping over there if you guys want to get some stuff for you, the family, the little ones, whatever it is. Use that banner, and that helps us out a lot. It lets them know that you love the show and gives us a snippet, just a snippet, all right, of what you guys are purchasing and lets them know that you like it. So it keeps us up and moving down the tracks and lets me put this record button to use and uh, to be able to bullshit to you guys about what we're going to talk about today. So thank you for the people that have been doing it. Rocky Mount is the leader in having things in stock. Trust me, I have to purchase some things for myself here, and I go to Rocky Mountain to do it. As always, all of my advertisers here are people that I would use myself. So go do it, please. FXRRacing.com. Use the code KKMX35. Save you 35% off set of gear. The new Helium line of gear is out. You can go to Kiefer Inc. Testing Instagram or KKiefer120 Instagram and check out that. Or just go to FXR Racing and look at the new Helium line of gear. I have a set of like black and purple and gray gear. It looks really good. And that is a nice set of gear that looks good on all bikes, especially Kawasaki's if you guys are a Kawasaki guy. Uh, and if you're a lady, you like to moto down or off-road or whatever, I have a special code for you. Hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you a special discount code because that's what we do here. We treat the ladies better than the guys. You guys can suck it. That's right. Ladies come first. They're way tougher than us, guys. Trust me. I was just sick a few days ago, and my wife is like, you're a baby, and I'm like, I know it. it I am horrible when I'm sick. I am a pussy. It's, it's bad. It's so bad. So, ladies, we have a special code for you to reward you and uh, to praise you. That's right, because we love them. And, of course, you guys want to have a better ride, a faster ride, Racetech, Racetech.com. Use the word Kiefer over at sales at Racetech.com. And, of course, they have suspension seminars that are going on right now. If you want to learn about how to do your own set of suspension, what the gold valves are about, or what they do, they have seminars there, open book, just like what we are over here at KieferInkTesting.com. So, Use the code, save some money, get a better ride, a faster ride, whatever it is. If you have vintage bikes, they have that too, um, parts for that. So very cool if the guys over at Racetech and all of my 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports, you want to get a KTM Kawasaki or a Yamaha, you can email me and I'll get you a special discount code on a new ride. Woo, 23 bike season is here. Yamahas will be in stock next month. So if you guys want some fresh blue bikes, Power Motorsports is the shop to do it. Works Connection, if you have a Yamaha 
and you want to get a better cockpit, you can use Kiefer 20 on those new titanium foot peg mounts. They're offset, minus 7 down, minus 5 back. And that is a great way to start off your Yamaha life. Trust me, because if you have a 22 or older Yamaha YZF250-450, you're going to want these mounts. going to help your cockpit a lot. Ride Engineering Pro Taper 6D. You want to get a code on 6D? I have that as well. Save yourself 100 bucks off a new lid. ScreenPrintingDone.com. Get some t-shirts made. Dunlop Motorsports. Plum Creek Funding. Need to refire your house. God knows a lot of people do. Zach over there can handle it. And Blood Lubricants Decal Works. Lit Pro Fast Co. Cole and the guys over there have great products. Foot pegs, handlebars, uh, spoke torque wrenches that are amazing that I just got stolen out of the back of my van that I'm pissed off about. Son of a bitch, whoever stole it, I'm pissed. Thing was awesome, but Cole's going to get me another set. But if you guys want to have a, a nice torque spoke wrench, it is awesome. Go to Fastco. And, of course, uh, last but not least... We have the Old Timers Association. You want to do some long motos, go to oldtimers.com. Check out their schedule. Next April, they're having something that I'm going to be going to, so you can go look at that online over there at oldtimers.com. Longer motos for old dudes. Got to love it. All right, so thank you. Four minutes in as usual about spiel of the commercials. You guys bitch about it. Sorry, but I got to pay the bills, and I want to talk about the advertisers that support me. So today, guess what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about that old bitch rigidity. What is it? How do you get rid of it? How do you uh, tell between rigidity of the chassis or rigidity in the suspension? I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Which bikes have the most rigidity stock? Which bikes have the stiffer setting suspension-wise in stock form? We're going to talk about that. I get a lot of emails about rigidity balance and how to feel it and what to do. So this is not like a tutorial, but this is going to give you guys an overview of what rigidity is about, where it is on your bike, and the points on your bike that you can try to help that along, especially the bikes that I'm going to name that need some help. Um, you can feel rigidity in a lot of different ways, uh, from vibration you can feel rigidity on slap-down landings. You can feel rigidity on bump absorption. Basically, you should be able to feel how stiff-natured your motorcycle is within a lap or two of a motocross track. Or if you're an off-road rider, within a few miles of a trail that you know pretty well. And what I mean by that is when I go testing... The rule of thumb for a, a test rider is you're going to try to hit the same lap. I'm sorry, to hit the same line every lap. If you get off of your line that has the bumps, right, uh, 10 to 12 inches, 6 to 10 inches, it doesn't matter. The bike will react differently, and what that will do is give you a false uh, reading in your mind to give that information back to whoever you're giving it to. If you're giving suspension guy, the chassis guy, or your buddies or whatever, even for yourself, um, it won't be the correct feeling. You want to try to hit the same line every lap. So if there is something different that you are testing or trying to feel, you'll be able to feel that. If you get off of that line, it'll change. So you do not want to do that. Just that is a good rule of thumb if you guys are out there testing right now. And you're like, hey, Kiefer, I'm going to my local track this weekend. I want to try the suspension setting. 
or I'm, I'm trying some torque settings or whatever, just make sure you start with whatever line you're, you're growing with the track, which is the easiest way to do it. It's really tough for the average guy to show up at a track that opens at 9 o'clock, but you don't get there until noon, so you're not evolving with the track. It's really tough for older dudes or women that ride um, to get a feel of their motorcycles when you're already at a track that has lines burned in it. Tough to do. Shit, it's tough for me to do, so I understand that. Sometimes I'll get a Glen Helen at 2 o'clock, and we'll have an evening test session. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to get in the flow of things because the track is blown out. The bumps are formed weird. I don't know where I should start to um, evaluate my mind for this test, where I should go. So if you want to do a proper test day, try to evolve with the track and uh, get there. You don't have to get there right when it opens, but get there within an hour window, right? And then learn the lines and then grow with the track as it forms. And of course, as you guys know as well, you're not going to be able to get your test readings on the first go around. So if you're at a track uh, that has a smooth line everywhere, right? Your suspension is going to feel freaking amazing, right? I remember racing and riding KTMs back in the day when they were shit. Hell, I remember uh, doing tests for Dirt Rider Magazine back in my younger years. And Tom Moen, he was a representative of KTM back then, and he would just be like, oh, man, are we riding a smooth track or a rough track? Because if we're riding a rough track, we're fudged, right? Because they know our suspension and chassis wasn't up to par, and they grew and got better. Still, that's one of KTM's problems to this day is WP always feels a little bit different than other brands, KYB and Showa. Uh, for me... It's just I would rather be at a rough track just so I know exactly what my bike's going to do because then uh, when you get to a smoother track, one, you'll be able to haul ass as a rider, and one, your bike will work better. So just know that you're not going to give the proper reading or feedback if you're just riding a smooth track. It's just not going to happen. Everything's going to feel great. Uh, I go to some tracks sometimes, and I still feel like, oh, man, this bike is so fun to ride. Then I will go to another track that's rougher, and I'm like, holy crap, what the hell just happened? So I always try to give my impressions and opinions to you guys after I've ridden rough tracks, and that's the beauty of where I live. I live a place where I can ride from my shop. I have rough tracks everywhere. There's different types of terrain. There's sand. There's hard pack. There's squares. There's rolling whoops. Hell, I even have off-road trails. So there's just a blend of different um, terrain for me to give feedback. So just know, try to at least go somewhere where it's rough. All right, so let's talk about rigidity. You hear me talk about it a lot on this show, and if you guys want to learn more about it, and some of you guys hit me up and say, hey, my suspension rigid. How do I know if it's stiff or soft? Most of you guys are actually feeling a harsh feeling because you're soft. So you're riding in the lower part of the stroke, which is causing rigidity and stiffness within your suspension but like the honda we can try to hell we can try to put kyb suspension people think i'm going to put kyb on this honda and it's going to feel plush and amazing i've done that we've done that at honda where we've put kyb and showa on the same day and there's not that much difference in harshness of the chassis there's no it's it's amazing to me, like, oh, it's going to feel way plusher, way calmer. Well, the bike still has the same character, maybe slightly 
more plush with the KYB suspension versus the Showa suspension, but it's not the result that I was hoping to get when I would swap suspension. So this led me down a path to do this show and be like, okay, well, I got to explain this a little bit and where it's coming from and how it how it's felt. Um, so let me give you a list of bikes in order that I feel is the stiffer-natured feel. Now, do I know the numbers behind the frames and the chassis and, and the percentages? No, I don't. This is simply a feeling for me over the years, currently on the 23 models, but generally over the years of how these chassis feel in order for rigidity. So right now in the 2023 world, Honda feels the stiffest when I ride it. Now, if you ask Honda and their engineers, they will say on paper, the frame is one of the softest frames out there right now, if not the softest. So this this really screws me all up because the feeling that I get and most and most people and most riders, actually factory riders, they feel a harsh, rigid, skatey feeling motorcycle. Now, if you live in great dirt, uh, I was back east for a little bit riding great dirt, and I was like, holy shit, man. It's a whole different world. Uh, you east coast, grabby, loamy, um, clayish type dirt riders, you're chassis feeling will not be as apparent or blemishes in your chassis will not be as apparent on the east coast versus out here where we have we're starving for traction everywhere we go we'll get it in spurts and then we're starving for traction around three to four areas of the track and then we have a, a snippet of traction and then we're starving for it again so we're constantly trying to find the cushion the softness um the forward bite out here in Southern California, at least, of what we have. I know Northern California has a little bit better dirt than we do, but for the most part, here in Southern California, we will have decent conditions in the morning, and then it goes to shit by noon. So we're constantly feeling, and what that does, it gives us a great feeling of rigidity. Like, I can feel a bike's rigidity really quick out here versus back east. Uh, I rode a different types of bikes back east, and it wasn't as apparent. So the Honda, at least for me, no matter where I go, feels the stiffest nature. Um, second, right now in the 23 world, is the Suzuki. All right, that is a stiff-feeling motorcycle as well in the chassis. Uh, third, right now, is the 23 frame of the KTM. The KTM chassis is stiffer when it was actually one of the softest-feeling ones in 22. Uh, after that would be Husqvarna, and then the next would be Yamaha, and the KX, and then the Gas Gas. So as these go down in order, basically the Gas Gas and the Kawasaki are one of the most compliant frames there is right now on the market. Granted, the Gas Gas does six, take some time to break in, like I've always said, six to eight hours. Unlike a 23 KTM chassis, which takes about 10 to 12 hours. Uh, the gas gas is calm, but then there's a window for the gas gas for rigidity balance. Uh, the gas gas is compliant, has good feeling from the hour window of 6 to 8 to around 60 hours. And then after that, the frame gets clapped out, stretched, and then it gets too loose feeling. You can rebuild your suspension. You can do all these things, but the frame is stretching. Steel chromoly does stretch more than an aluminum frame. And... 
really, I don't care how you ride. Slower, uh, faster guy. Obviously, things will stretch and work out more when you're a faster guy, but around 60 hours for the gas gas is when it starts to feel a little bit stretched. Now, it doesn't mean it's time to throw it away or sell it. It just means it'll feel a little bit looser feeling. So you can tighten up some torque specs with your engine hangers. That does help. So a little bit extra, for me, extra is about three to four, two, five foot-pounds of torque on some engine hangers. And that does help squeeze that frame a little bit more and get it less uh, stretched out feeling. The Kawasaki right away is compliant. Straight line stability is great. Uh, Out of the box, it's awesome. But also, as it gets older, it feels clapped out. I would say around 70 hours, it feels clapped out. So as you have compliancy when you have a new bike, the back end of that is you will feel that bike get roached out quicker. Unlike a Honda, where I can have a Honda up to about 100 hours, and I'm like, ooh, man, it's actually starting to feel better. So once you get past the hour 50 mark on a Honda, it will actually start to feel a little bit more compliant than it was when it was new. It's amazing. But that chassis rigidity is very high up until then, and there's a lot of vibration within a Honda and a Suzuki and a KTM and a Husqvarna. These have high vibrations, and they are the most rigid-feeling chassis there is right now. Uh, So how can you tell the difference between rigidity from your suspension being too stiff versus uh, having a stiffer nature chassis? So here's how I normally feel it. There's a there's a good rule of thumb. You can take your your favorite jump on your track, right? You can have a single, which I like to do, just a single jump where you land flat to the ground and see how the bike reacts underneath you. When you have a frame that is super stiff and rigid, I will have a sharp feeling um, landing point through my feet and my hands. And this doesn't matter if I have super stiff suspension or soft suspension. That feeling remains the same. When you have a stiff-natured suspension setting, you will have a landing that feels stiff, but you also will have a skip you will have a skip where if you slap down, you overjump something on purpose on the single, your fork will actually slap, stop, and then come back up in a quick manner, which means that you have a stiff fork setting. This is the easiest way to do it. This is layman's terms, right? This is a very generic way to do it, but this is the easiest way for you guys to understand besides diving in deep into dissecting into where I feel chassis rigidity versus suspension on bumps and stuff. Plain and simple, just overjump your favorite jump just a little bit and see what your suspension and your chassis does. And that's the easiest way to dissect it. Now, where else you can feel that compared to suspension is vibration. If you have a bike that vibrates more, chances are high that your rigidity in your chassis, a.k.a. your frame, is also high. Uh, you look at a Yamaha or a Kawasaki, don't vibrate that much through my uh, through my feet or the foot pegs. Uh, you get a bike like a Honda or a Suzuki, vibration is high through my handlebars and my foot pegs. 
Same goes for the new KTM and Husqvarna. Vibration is high. Stiff-natured frame. Vibration does go down on a KTM and Husqvarna after about 25 hours. Down a little bit. But these are the things that you guys will feel when you have a new bike. Um, how can you help rigidity? Well, you can be aware of what you're doing to your motorcycle. I don't know how many of you guys out there that slap on parts on your dirt bike and it fucks up your dirt bike like no other. I see guys at the track have a Honda. Uh, they buy hubs. They buy stiff-natured rims. They run twin walls. They're just fucking their bike up. And let's, let's, let's say this. I know some of you guys don't really give a shit about performance, but I feel like if you're listening to this show, you somewhat are curious about it. A perfect example, my guy Eddie Larrett. He's very aware of feelings on the motorcycle, but he cares a lot about what his dirt bike looks like, sometimes more than the performance of it. I know some of you guys are just like that out there, so I understand that. But if you are bitching about your motorcycle doing certain things, you're not helping it by just purchasing these products and adding them onto an already rigid motorcycle. Very, very um, uneducated to do. So that is something that you guys got to be aware of. And what are those parts? So where you can gain rigidity and lose it, by the way, but it's harder to lose it versus um, add on to it. It's very easy to add rigidity to your bike. So some of the things to be conscious of, you guys want to write this down, grab a pen, whatever it is, or just have it in your brain. Wheels. Uh, just got done doing a test not too long ago. Um where we had a bunch of different wheel sets on a on a chassis on a, on a bike, and it's amazing how rigid a bike can get on first bump touch, slap down landings, and square edge when you have a stiff natured hub. So you get a hub, let's say for example a Talon hub, a Talon or a Kite hub. That energy is getting absorbed through your tire, tube, and then into your rim. That energy is going right to that, right? So it goes to your rim, through your spoke, and to your hub. So you're feeling that very, very quick as soon as you touch the ground. Like, bam! That's when you're going to feel that rigidity of your aftermarket hub. Stock hubs are notorious for not being as strong, but they also have the flex character that the chassis was made out of. In the production world, people, these things are tested. We just don't slap on wheels on a, on a bike without testing them. They're like, okay, we made this bitchin' chassis. We got an engine, suspension spec. Let's just stick these wheels on. Well, that could change the thing. So sticking some aftermarket wheels will change the rigidity of the motorcycle. And I guess I want to say this, too. Not everyone is as sensitive as I am, right? Not everyone's going to agree with what I'm saying. People will say, oh, Kiefer, I stuck some aftermarket hubs and wheels on. I don't feel a thing. Awesome. That's great. So you can take snippets of this podcast of what I'm saying and have it help you, or you can ignore the whole fucking thing, or you can listen to the whole thing. Look, these are just suggestions for you guys on what can happen to your motorcycle. If you feel those, at least you have a direction out there that you know which way to go. I'm not saying every, every rider is going to feel this thing, right? But 
I am telling you, if you do feel like your bike is acting different, look at some of these parts. So wheels is something you guys need to start out with. So what do you do? You just say, oh, well, what's up, Kiefer? Uh, I guess I can't get aftermarket hubs now. You're just going to turn all that down. What about all the hub uh, tests that you did over on your website? Look, yes, sometimes you have to uh, rob Peter to pay Paul. In this case, we're going to rob a little bit of comfort, and we're going to add some um, durability to our wheels, which is fine. But no matter what aftermarket hub you get, I do not care. I've, I've ridden with a lot of them. You're gaining a little bit of rigidity. No matter if they're heavy, light, carbon, aluminum, whatever, billet, it doesn't matter. You're gaining some rigidity. Most of the time, 90% of the time, stock wheels are going to be the less rigid of what you guys are going to be purchasing possibly in the future. Um, run down to some wheel or some hubs and some rims. Uh, you have Talon, super stiff hub. I usually stay away from myself as I got older from Talon. I'm more of a kite type of hub guy, which is a little bit less uh, rigidity feel for me. Um, w has an edge, also hub, that is a little bit less rig rigid than that, but they're pretty close. Uh, there's other hub manufacturers, Faster USA, uh, Rocky Mountain has some hubs out there. Those are all stiffer as well than all the stock wheel sets that are out there. And let's face it right now, if you're a KTM Husqvarna guy, those stock wheels suck, and you're kind of SOL. You're kind of shit out of luck of what you're going to do. You're going to just keep losing that damn spoke right next to that rim lock because I lose that son of a bitch all the time. No matter if I check my spokes before I go out and do a 20-minute moto, either A, that spoke next to the rim lock will be gone or it will be loose. So KTM needs to improve their whole wheel assembly for durability because they are not durable. Um, Loretta Lens. So many KTM wheels were breaking. A lot. What's up, guys? Commercial time. Sorry to interrupt this riveting, riveting show. But we'll be right back. Listen to these commercials because they'll save you some money. Booyah. ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. ScreenPrintingDone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! ScreenPrintingDone.com. I know it's tough sometimes, guys. What engine oil should I run? What weight? Synthetic or non-synthetic? It's tough. But you guys, I've been running blood lubricants for about two and a half years now. I've had great results. You guys are looking for some great oil. The Barracuda Blood Series 1040 is what we run in all of our test bikes here. Um, it's specifically formulated for the most brutal racing conditions on Earth. Look, heat, high humidity, silt, mud, whatever you got, this Barracuda Blood 1040 can handle it. 1040 is a great weight for most motocross and off-road machines, even though maybe your uh, owner's manual says run 530 or 1050. To me, 1040 is a great weight. Check it out. Barracuda Blood Series. Um, it's been through Baja 1000, the 500, Mint 400, Vegas, Torino, all of our test bikes here. 
100% synthetic oil. It's great stuff. Uh, you put it in, and I run about two and a half engine hours. I take it out, and man, it still comes out pretty damn clean. So you can use the code Kiefer at checkout over at bloodlubricants.com. Save yourself 25% off a case of oil. They have all different kinds of stuff. They have suspension oils. They've got sprays, chain lubes, whatever it is for oil-related stuff for your off-road motorcycle. Check out bloodracing.com. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, That'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, Look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So, protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding. 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages, and you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is, right here, North America. 
I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them. Powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keyforinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. We are back with the show. That wasn't so bad, was it? All right, some more rigidity talk. So go to a hub that is a little bit stiffer, which you're going to have to do, but not extreme. And then you're going to have to get a rim that is also strong that is not that much stiffer. For example, Takasago rims. I know they've come on bikes before. Those are a little bit stronger than most stock rims, but not quite as stiff. You go to an Excel A60 rim, extremely stiff. Holy shit, man. I had a set of Talon hubs that looked beautiful and some A60s laced up on a Yamaha before, and it made the Yamaha ride like shit. I was like, what the hell just happened? I went back to my old stock wheel set. I'm like, oh, my God. The comfort is back. Like, what is going on right now? Like, it's so much better. So, uh, DID STX rim is also good. There's an LTX and an STX. The STX does feel a little bit stiffer than the stock rims of modern production dirt bikes, but is stronger. But you're gaining that, like I'm saying, you're 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 weaving this comfort and performance durability. Uh, ball, right? So you want to make sure you're going up a little bit in durability, but not going down too much in the comfort department. So that is the direction that I would go. And of course, heavy duty spokes will get a little bit more rigid feeling as well, but you're going to need that if you're a KTM guy. Um, (laughs) You're just going to need it or else you're going to be losing spokes and checking spokes throughout your whole lifespan of this motorcycle. Engine hangers. The big rage right now is 
Hey, I've got engine hangers for every single motorcycle. Let's talk about it. Let's sell them. You know, hey, I got the new bike. Bam, let's put new engine hangers on it. You know, more comfort. Dude, I'm calling bullshit. Unless you're really testing these things, right? I've been a part of engine hanger testing processes, and it's a bitch, man. Uh, Steel, aluminum, thicknesses, shapes. It's all over the map. And not to say that some of these aftermarket engine hanger companies haven't done it because they have. I've tried some that actually do work. I know on some Suzuki's, uh, there's FCP. They had a set of engine hangers that was made the bike feel much more compliant. So that will help help or hurt your frame rigidity. But just be careful. When you guys look into these engine hangers, make sure they're tested. Ask questions. How many hours did you guys test these engine hangers? How many sets did you guys go through? What was the process? If it sounds like bullshit, most of the time it's probably bullshit. If the guy sounds educated and tells you, hey man, well, I've tried about 12 of these things and we did this shape, that shape, and he just kind of spews it out right on the edge of his his tongue right there, then most of the time you know that it's going to be legit. Just like when you go to a car salesman, man, it's the same thing. A lot of these people try to sell you these beautiful-looking parts, and this goes for everything. And sometimes it just doesn't work better. But, again, if you're like my guy Eddie, sometimes you don't give a shit and you just want the better-looking part. I get it. So engine hangers is one of those things that can help and hurt. And I've been a part on the Honda and the Suzuki side of things where Works Chassis Labs and FCP has had some engine mounts that have made the bike more stable, more glued to the ground, and more compliant. So just know that. Just got to be aware of what's out there. Ask the questions um, that are there. And then remember, most of the time, I'm not going to say sometimes, most of the time when you go to an aftermarket engine hanger, that torque spec on the bolt will be different. Doesn't mean it goes to an OEM spec torque setting. We're going to talk about torque settings here in a minute. Um. Bar mounts, bars, grips, solid mounts, rubber mounts, that all makes a huge difference. Most of the bikes, I want to say all, I want to say almost all bikes right now are rubber mounted. And they do that for flex. And they do that for anti-vibration. So I'm still a rubber mounted guy. You will see most of the professional supercross, motocross guys go to a solid mount because they are putting forces on a motorcycle that are way more than you and I listening to the show. And they don't want their bars twisting inside of the clamps with those mounts. So they're going to a solid mount. But that causes more vibration. And sure, the positive of that is you get more of a positive turning front end feel. But I'm telling you from experience, it's not that drastic where you and I are going to feel it. Like I'm pretty sensitive and I don't even feel it that much on the things that I ride. Bikes or tracks. So... Unless we're hitting supercross berms at Mach 10 and hitting these quads and triples and whoops, I feel like rubber-mounted mounts are the way to go for most of us here. So um, bar mounts are a huge thing. So the new KTM bar mount is a stiffer bar mount. You can go to the old bar mount on the KTM and then use that bar mount because it's less rigid. I have done that with my bike to the old bar mount system. Granted, it's not the strongest bar mount, and they do twist. Uh, (laughs) 
sometimes you don't even know they twist because if you you go to scrub a jump and you smack your handlebar um, really hard, sometimes that will bend the mount or twist the mount inside the triple clamp. But it does feel better for rigidity feeling. So I have those on my bike. So going to aftermarket bar mounts and ride engineering makes some that are really good that they're not that much stiffer than your stock OEM mounts, but they are a lot stronger. So just be careful which mounts you get. If you're just buying some mounts. I remember buying some old Renthal bar mounts and they were thick, man. And I put them on and it made my uh, handlebars feel like I have a shit ton of vibration. So that will cause more vibration and more rigidity. Uh, going to bars, a Renthal twin wall, very stiff natured. You can cut the crossbar. That'll help. But for me, over time, the, the bars that I have felt like have less vibration and dampening are Pro Taper Evo bars as well as if you're an off-road guy and an older guy with some wrist problems, the Fast Company Flex Bar helps that as well. So those things really do help comfort and actually up your um, reliability such durability in case of a crash. Uh, grips, yes, grips do make a difference. I am still a glue-on type of guy. I know the convenience of a lock-on is great. I understand it. I get it. It's easy. Most of the time, I'm all about ease of uh, maintenance, but I can't deal with it because of rigidity. I feel like my hands get a little bit more sore when I ride because of the plastic piece underneath the actual rubber grip, the compound. So I'm just more of a glue-on guy. I'm usually a Renthal, half waffle, soft, or medium type of guy. I've ran full waffle. If you guys want a little bit more cushion, full waffle does actually add some more cushion. Soft full waffle, Eli Tomax, a, a guy like that. Um, gets a little bit more dampening, but it makes the grip feel a little bit fatter. So if you like a little bit fatter of a grip, a full waffle is great. And then again, solid rubber mounts. Um, I'm mostly a rubber mounted guy. Of course, suspension can make your bike feel more rigid and harsh. And how you're going to feel that is, again, just like I said, do the old overjump trick to see how your shock and fork react. If you're going a soft, you'll know right away because you'll clank or you'll bottom. You'll feel that. If you don't feel a metal-to-metal -metal, uh, feeling through your hands, um, you're not bottoming. I don't care what type of fork you have, all of them. Most of them. Shouldn't say all. 98% of them will have a metal-to-metal -metal feel when you bottom. If it's too stiff, you will feel the fork stop at a certain point like it's hitting a wall, and then your fork will release back up, and you'll act like what we have is a top-out feel, almost like your, your headset is loose up on top. So when you land fast, bam, and it stops and comes back up, and you feel like a little some play in your headset, that is your fork topping out because there's a lot of preload set on that fork spring, and then you're bottoming out, and that could be a suspension problem as well. So that's how you dissect the fork. The shock's a little bit tougher. Usually you'll see rubber marks on your rear fender if you're bottoming, and if you're not bottoming, you won't see those. And for me, the good rule of thumb for that is I like to see a little bit of brown or black marks on my rear fender just to know that I'm using all my suspension. If you see a shit ton of Dunlop MX-33 rear rubber on your rear fender, you're like, ooh, fuck. I might have to uh, bump up my compression a little bit or change my low-speed valving on my shock. So that's how you dissect those things.
And let me go back to what we said at the beginning of the show about being too soft and riding low in the stroke. You will get a sensation of, man, I'm just feeling harsh. I get a lot of head shake. Uh, I feel like my bike doesn't corner as well. It's because you're actually riding lower in that fork, right? And you're in that harsh part of that valving where it starts to ramp up and get stiffer. So that initial part of the travel, if you go back to your suspension text, could go a little bit stiffer. So I would always add a little bit of low speed to most standard forks nowadays in the production world. I'm 173 pounds uh, because I feel like the low speed valving is a little bit soft in most bikes out there right now. So I add a little bit of low speed and actually will give me a little bit more comfort in most of those situations. Obviously, we're talking non-air forks right now. Um, But for me, always be cautious of what you say to your suspension tech when you say, oh man, it's rigid, it's harsh. Well, he could be going softer and you're actually going to get worse. So if you're 170 and up, most of the time you will need a little bit of a thicker or a heavier low-speed valving, and maybe a different spring, maybe a lighter spring. But for the most part, low-speed valving is key on a fork as well as a shock in the new production world. Um, I've seen a lot of specs from the stock shock and forks nowadays, and the low-speed stack isn't all that beefy. So we're seeing a trend of suspension that is going a little bit different on the valving side and going up in spring rate. So... Um, it's just a different way of doing things in the suspension world. But as a rider, you really got to be cautious of how low you are in your stroke. And if you don't know, ease way, the poor man's way is tie a zip tie to your, uh, your fork leg, your lower fork leg. That'll help you. Uh, or sometimes uh, bikes will come with O-rings on the fork leg. If your suspension tuner does your suspension, ask for a little lower leg fork ring so you have that so you can look and see how far down your suspension is going. That is an easy way to do it as well. Uh, Torque specs is another huge reason. I had an engineer that has a triple clamp company that told me I was full of shit about uh, backing off some torque specs to make the bike feel a little bit more compliant. Um, I told the guy, basically, I don't care what he thinks or what he says is true on his um, engineering papers. On what they say, I'm just telling you what I feel. And yes, especially on a Honda and a KTM, you retorque your bolts or you back them off. In some cases, the engine hangers, the swing arm pivot bolt, uh, front axle nut, rear axle nut. These key things on a motorcycle will make a bike feel more rigid. That's obviously with more torque on the bolts or a little less rigid with a little bit less torque on the bolts. Again, you're weaving something in, right? You go too, you back off the torque setting too much, the bolt backs out, you lose it, safety hazard, right? Or you tighten that thing up too much, strip it out, or you're going to bind everything up and your bike's really going to run like a piece of shit because it's going to be skipping off every bump because it's all bound up. You want that bike to move underneath you and be free. Key things, grease your bolts. Grease, lightly grease your swing arm pivot, lightly grease your axles, um, and then lightly grease all of your points, your bolt points to your engine. It really helps calm this bike down. I have done a couple tests where we ran stock torque settings with non-greased threads and then stock torque settings with 
greased threads, and the bike itself does have more traction. Trust me. You guys are going, what in the fuck? Right. That's what I said when I did this whole test. I couldn't believe it. And what's weird is they never told us what they did. Uh, Basically, when we do some of these production tests, it's called blind testing. So we don't have a guy saying, okay, here's what we did. Now go out and test it. They'll just say, hey, man, all right, change is done. And they'll give us an area, hey, we did something to uh, the chassis. All right, so we try to look somewhere in the chassis. Or uh, we did an engine change. So we know what to feel, right? But they don't tell us exactly what they did. Well, they didn't tell us anything on this one. And both test guys felt that there was a difference just from grease on certain bolts. And, of course, the old bolts were just bone dry. So there is a difference there. Trust me. You get a new bike, regrease your head uh, steering, uh, take your axles out, take your engine hanger bolts out, your motor mount bolts out, these things right here. And as well, if you guys have older bikes, retorque everything. Loosen everything up in the engine bolt area. Engine bolts, uh, engine hangers, swing arm pivot, loosen all that up, and then one by one, retorque everything. It really makes a difference, especially steel frames where, again, the steel frame is stretching, the engine is bolted in, so you can actually relax the engine by loosening all these bolts up and then retorque. It actually does make a difference in the bike um, for handling, so trust me on that. Uh, and a, last but not least, titanium bolts. Oh, dude, I got a set of tie bolts. My bike's 2.5 pounds lighter. Ugh, I don't care. I don't care. Why? Because it's rigid. Vibration. There's some titanium bolts that doesn't make a difference, but you put a tie bolt through an engine or engine bolt that's tie, it affects the way that your bike handles. Perfect example of this is some of these engine hanger guys have titanium bolts with their kits, with their engine hanger kits, which makes sense, and it does work in some cases. Uh, But it also will change the way that your bike feels. So some of these guys are going to softer engine mounts in an area, let's say a front engine mount, and then putting a tie bolt through it, which is counterbalancing what they're doing, I guess is the easiest way to put it. You've got a softer mount, and you've got a stiffer bolt, Right. And they're gaining some of that stiffness through the bolt, which makes it feel different. So just be aware of that. If you guys are just using tie bolts and all your bikes just to lighten your bike up, especially the axles and the swing arm pivot, that really affects the ride of your motorcycle as far as traction. I get a little bit less traction when I use axle, titanium axles, as well as swing arm pivot. Some of these Supercross guys like that feeling for stiffness in the whoops, which I understand. But for me... Uh, I think the bike itself just gets a little bit more rigid, and I don't need it. I know you lose a lot of ounces or grams or whatever when you go to tie axles and swing arm pivots, but you get the most um, vibration and rigidity from those parts as well. I use some things, uh, titanium like plastic uh, bolts, seat bolts. Uh, You can even go to pinch fork pinch bolts. Those are okay. But for me, the big points are the axles and the swing arm pivot and the engine bolts really affect the way your bike handles. And that uh, are the easiest 
things to talk about as far as gaining and losing rigidity and where those points are on the motorcycle. So hopefully these things have helped you guys understand a little bit more about rigidity, where to find it, uh, where to lose it, gain it, <laughs> uh, what not to do, what to do on your motorcycle. So um, if you guys have any questions about this, always email me. It's not a problem. Chris at keyforinktesting.com. Uh, a specific question that maybe I didn't talk about here on the show. Uh, before I go, I want to name the bikes that I feel that are set up the stiffest uh, from the factory in the 2023 production world. As far as 450s go right now, I haven't ridden all the 250s right now. So as far as 450s go, the Suzuki feels the stiffest from the factory in the production world. You go ride a Suzuki. The the Showa suspension feels firm, and it is firm. Uh, the second for me in firmness is obviously the air fork technology. The shock isn't as stiff as the air fork feel. So KTM Husqvarna, gas, gas, that feeling for me has a stiffer natured feel. And if you are a bigger guy and you're looking to get a little bit of a stiffer feel, it's easier to get that stiffer feel from an air fork versus a spring fork. Obviously, the shock is going to be a little bit on balance compared to that if you're a 220-pound rider. Um, but overall, stiff coming from the factory, KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas is second. Third, Showa CRF450R. Honestly, again, suspension's pretty good. It's just that nature of a chassis that is stiff feeling on the bike, especially on the edges of your tires where the Honda doesn't like to be, especially at Glen Helen, 4 o'clock. Yamaha is uh, a little bit of a, a softer feeling, and once it breaks in, it starts pitching, a lot of front-end dive. Uh, I've been on KTMs for a half a day and then switching over to Yamaha, and it feels like the Yamaha front tire is tucked underneath me a lot. So the wheelbase is actually pretty short on a Yamaha, which causes for me, um, when that fork breaks in, it causes a lot of diving sensation. And then the KX is probably the softest feeling 450 for me out of the box. Um, I have to put a heavier spring in that thing right away. So unless you're riding an SR, the SR has probably the most dampening feeling out of all the 450s if you're considering, you know, factory editions and special racers or whatever the hell they're calling them nowadays. That SR has a lot of dampening and a lot of comfort. But now that Ka Kawasaki came out with their 2023 SR, they're back to Showa. I haven't ridden that. I don't know what that feels like. So that's the rundown on who has the stiffest natured feel 450 if you came right from the dealership. So some of you guys wanted to know that, and I thought I'd throw that out there for you guys right now. Um, that wraps it up. That gives you a a little overview of what rigidity is about, how to feel it, where to feel it, how to take care of it, what not to do, what to do. Um, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm a techie guy. Most of you guys that listen to this are as well. Sometimes uh, I'll get emails say, man, it confused me a little bit because there's a lot of information digested. Just go back and listen to it again. Or, again, just email me some questions. I'm happy to answer them for you if you need them. And uh, we're going to continue to dive in and some more tech stuff-related um, here on 2023 editions of this podcast. We're going to amp it up a little bit. Uh, most of you guys say, oh, you guys should do that GoPro thing and, and record yourself doing these shows. But I'm just like, I don't know, man. 
It just seems kind of boring, but most of you guys like to watch your episodes, so maybe we'll do that and give it a try, see how many views it gets. If it sucks on views, maybe we'll just keep it to the podcast because that's the whole reason for this thing is for you guys that are busy or in the garage or something, just listen to it, and maybe maybe that can digest a little bit easier than just sitting here watching it on, on YouTube or whatever. So thanks for joining me. We appreciate it. I am off to Florida to the goat farm. We're going to ride the 2023 Yamaha YZ450. We're going to do a show about that. Uh, we're going to do a walk around the Star Racing Shop. So going to be a lot of stuff up on KieferInkTesting.com as well as RacerXOnline.com. And, of course, good old Steven's site, PulpMX.com. Going to be back on the show on the 23rd. So looking forward to doing that. And we'll hopefully to see you guys at the track. Maybe the Vet National coming up. We'll all be out there ripping around. So that'll be fun. Um, don't forget to support our advertisers. If you want to get some merch, we got some new hoodies coming in. Some of you guys want that. And you okay back there? That Vietnam Vic shirt. Yep. You okay back there? No, Vic. I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, we might get that back in stock, but hit up Heather at KieferInkTesting.com and she can get you some merch or just go to our shop over on KieferInkTesting.com. There's stuff up there. If we're not in stock, email Heather to see if it's going to be in stock again. And we're happy to help you guys over here. Um, thank you for joining me and we'll see you next week.